Hey, I'm Brandon, the online campus pastor here at Big Valley Grace, and thank you for taking a moment to watch this message. It is the teaching portion from one of our live weekend worship gatherings, and we have those every single weekend here online and in person, and I just want to extend an invitation to you to join us. We're just a local church, local body of believers, and we would love if you would join us uh, on a weekend upcoming here sometime soon. Uh, but as we get headed into this message together, a couple things just want to point you to. One is a connect card. If there's any way that, that we can pray for you, if you want to contact us, that connect card form is just a really great way uh, to let us know that you're joining us. Any next steps you want to take, stuff like that is right on there. Also, if you want to bring in offering, uh, worshipful gift uh, to King Jesus, you can do that right on our give page on our website or via text. So hope you enjoy the unpacking, the unfolding of the word as we look at it together. My name is Madison, and I'm out here asking people what they believe. What is the purpose of life? I think my purpose is like to find like the happiness and work in a place where I can enjoy and help people. To live. Oh, I don't know. I don't think, I mean, is there one? Maybe not. What is the purpose of life? To know Jesus and to love him with all my heart, my mind, and my soul, and my strength. That's open-ended for everybody to determine for themselves. Well, Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life, so really the purpose of life is Jesus. Hey, I like that guy. All right, hey, welcome. <laughs> welcome to Big Valley Grace Community Church. It's good to be together. Welcome to everybody who's here in the worship center on the Modesto campus. Welcome to everybody who's joining us right now live on the online campus. We got a great opportunity for something really different as a church family today, and it's going to be a good thing. It's going to stretch us and it's going to help us grow. We're going through our series called Believe, and we're looking at the statement of faith for us as a church family, and we've been doing this week by week. And today we're getting to the Great Commission. And today we have a real treat because with us, we have one of our missionaries, Chad Entinger with Deaf Missions. And so let's welcome Chad, who's with us today. And so we're doing things a little different. Sarah's gonna be on the stage with us, helping to communicate, and Emily's gonna be in the front row with us, helping to communicate, and it's gonna be really, really great. So Chad, come on over here and introduce yourself and sure. welcome everybody. Well, thank you, Pastor Joel. I really appreciate being here. It's an honor to be with all of you. Thank you for your warm welcome. Maybe you noticed he's a little taller than I am. Hi, Dad. So when I first met him, I was already looking up to him. <laughs> it's a great honor to be with you to co-teach this morning. Love you, brother. Today's going to be a great day for us as a church family. Uh, I'm going to encourage you to take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 28. We're going to be looking at verses 19 and 20. We're going to get there in a moment. We're going to have another verse we're going to look at first. But as we've been going through our statement of faith, this is what Article 10 says in our Constitution, which is a document that helps guide our church family. We believe and accept the following statements as essentials for the unity and practice of the members of this church. As we've been walking through each of these statements from our statement of faith, and as our church family has engaged in talking about these statements, it has increased unity. 
Unity is increasing. Unity is on the rise in our local church fellowship as we are coming together around the Word of God and talking about the core foundations of our faith in Jesus Christ and as we're encouraging one another in the Word of God. Unity is increasing and it's exciting. It's exciting to be a part of the church. Number 10, this 10th statement in our statement of faith is about the Great Commission. You won't be able to read those verse references. They're very small. We're going to read through all those verses, though. But I do want to read this statement. It says, We believe that our Lord commanded us to preach the gospel and to make disciples of all nations, and that every, mission, and that every believer is to be a witness for Jesus Christ, trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that we're responsible to pray for, support, and send missionaries into all the world. This week, on Tuesday, I had the opportunity to speak to 130 pastors in India via Zoom. And when we think about that, culturally, we go, okay, that makes sense. The pastor's going to get on Zoom, and he's going to talk to 130 pastors in India, and guess what I needed? I needed a translator. Otherwise, they wouldn't have understood anything that I would have said. And we, and we, we often think, hey, that direction of communication makes sense. But when it comes to reversing it into our church gathering and our worship gathering, today we're all going to have a great opportunity to learn some things, to really be able to be able to receive some communication that is being translated to us. So we're going to look at this statement about the Great Commission. We believe in unity, three truths regarding the church of Jesus Christ. I'm going to take our statement about the Great Commission. I'm going to break it into three parts. I'm going to teach the first two truths. And then our missionary, Chad Entinger, is going to come, and he is going to teach and illustrate those truths in how we can apply that to reaching the deaf community worldwide with the Great Commission. And then I will come back, and I will follow up with the third truth. So truth number one, we believe that our Lord commanded us to preach the gospel and to make disciples of all nations. We believe that our Lord commanded us to preach the gospel and to make disciples of all nations. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it says that when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion. Notice that word, compassion. Notice that perspective. It is not anger, hate, fear, or disgust. It's compassion. Jesus had compassion when he saw the crowds that needed help. And it says he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. People who are lost need help. They need Jesus. And when we interact with the lost, are we focusing on, in, on how to provide help to them that they need, which is a relationship with Jesus Christ? And I, I have to tell you, I have fallen short of this many times. Many times I've fallen short of that. And here's my problem. I focus on being critical as opposed to being compassionate. I'm critical instead of compassionate. And we see here in this passage that Jesus was compassionate for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Verse 37, when he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The vision for our church, love your actual neighbor, 
What does that mean? It means that every member of the body of Christ is being led by the power of the Holy Spirit of God to evangelize, to disciple our actual neighbors, the people who are right around us, and to lead them to do the same. That is how the church expands. Disciples, making disciples, making disciples, making disciples. One life at a time coming to know Jesus Christ and being used by him to join him in his mission to reach more people. You know, if I am going to pray for God to reach my neighbors for Jesus Christ, then I need to be ready for God to answer my prayer and for him to want to use me in the process. That as I pray that my neighbors would come to know Jesus, that I'd be ready for God to answer that prayer and to engage me in the process of my neighbors coming to know Jesus. In Mark chapter 16, verse or excuse me, in Matthew chapter 28, when we get to the Great Commission. This is probably a passage that's familiar to you if you're a follower of Jesus. Something that's going to sound like you've heard before. Go and therefore make disciples of all nations. This is in verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. You might read that, you might hear that right now and go, that's kind of overwhelming. How am I supposed to be a part of that? That seems big, that seems scary. And I want to encourage you, you don't do it alone. He says, I am with you always. If Jesus is asking us to be used by him to go reach people for Jesus, he's saying, I'm with you as you do it. Everything I'm going to need to reach somebody for Jesus is in Jesus who is with me as I go reach people for Jesus. We have everything we need to reach people in Jesus Christ. And he says, I am with you always. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it says, And he, Jesus, said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. I just want you to know, something I've noticed, I don't have to go very far to go and find the world because the world moved into my neighborhood. In my neighborhood is many languages and in my neighborhood is many ethnicities and in my neighborhood is many representations of portions of our world. My neighborhood's so awesome they all wanted to live there, right? We've welcomed the world into my neighborhood and so I walk my neighborhood. And I asked God to help me reach my neighbors. This is a picture from this week. I was walking in my neighborhood praying for my neighbors. And I saw this sun, uh, this sun rise. And it caught my attention. And I thought, how amazing is it that the sun is rising over my neighborhood? God, what will happen in my neighborhood when the resurrected sun impacts my neighborhood? The resurrected Jesus Christ. Who is he going to save next in my neighborhood? Because my neighborhood needs the sun to rise on it. I've been using a website called Bless Every Home. It's pretty simple. It shows a map of where I live from public record. It tells me the people's names who are on public record in the homes that are around me. And so I just walk through my neighborhood and I pray for them by name. As I've prayed for my neighbors by name, and I'll talk more about this in a couple weeks, as I've prayed for my neighbors by name, I've learned a lot about praying for my neighbors. I've learned some new ways that I can be praying for my neighbors. I've actually had an opportunity to talk with my neighbors. 
as I'm walking through my neighborhood, praying, asking God for opportunities. In Luke chapter 24, verse 47 through 48, it says in that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. In the same way that Jesus has forgiven me of my sins, I want that for my neighbors. I want my neighbors to come to know Jesus Christ and to understand that they can have forgiveness of their sins in Jesus Christ. And God can do that. God wants that, and he can do that. So, truth number two. And that every believer is to be a witness for Jesus Christ, trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's why our, when we talk about our vision, love your actual neighbor, the way I describe it is every member of the body of Christ being led by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. We want God to lead us. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. A question that I ask myself is, how would today look different, Lord, if I were to be led by you today? How would my day be different if I were to be obedient to the power of the Holy Spirit of God today? What's going to be the change, God, you bring about in my life if I'm obedient to you today. It's not going to be easy. God doesn't promise it's going to be easy. A little bit later in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Saul approved of his execution, and there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. We live in a culture that is going the opposite direction of Jesus. Maybe you've noticed. We... Are to live for Jesus is to go in the opposite direction of the majority of what we see right now. Let me give you an example. This week, we all have an opportunity to do something about a ballot that we received. To stand up for Jesus Christ in this culture probably looks like you're going to be doing something different than the majority of people around you. I'd love to see some Christian men and some Christian women come into an office to help make some change in our culture. When I see things that are really against the Lord in his word, like Proposition 1, I'd love to see Christian men and women vote no against something like that. You may find yourself ridiculed, and you may find yourself feeling isolated in this culture. But to stand up for what is right in this culture probably means you're standing in the opposite direction of a lot of people who are around you. It's going to take some boldness to stand for Jesus Christ. It's going to take some boldness to stand up for the truth. But I want to encourage us, let's do that. Let's be bold for Jesus. Let's stand up for the truth. It may be this simple. Jesus says that we need to take up our cross daily and follow him. Maybe I need to die to myself today. Maybe I need to put my own agenda aside. Maybe I need to ask God, what does he actually want for me? Maybe I need to ask God what he actually wants for my day. To die to myself and to live for Jesus and become obedient to him. Pastor Chad, you want to continue? Thank you, Brother Joel. Amen to that. Let me go ahead and teach you the sign for amen. You ready? Go ahead and get your hands up like this. Audience participation time. Amen. Amen. I often tell people that I enjoy being deaf 
Many deaf people feel that we have advantages to being deaf, and we call that deaf gain. For example, I have a hearing aid. I can turn it on, and I can turn it off. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> and we use sign language to communicate, so we can talk about other people, and they have no idea. <laughs> Amen to that, too. We can talk across the room. We can talk through windows. And we feel that we're honored to be part of the deaf community with our own culture and identity and language. We experience the world through our eyes. And we feel that we contribute to the diversity of the world. We have deaf game. But sadly, for many deaf people, they don't realize that they're missing out on the greatest blessing and the greatest gain, and that is that they don't know Jesus. There's 70 million deaf people worldwide, but only 2% of them know Jesus. And that means that 98%, or 49 people out of every 50 deaf, do not yet have the gain of eternal life with Jesus. So why are there so many deaf people who don't yet know the Lord? And how do we impact that and change the statistic? This morning, Brother Joel shared two fantastic truths. And those truths are based on the Word of God. I'd like to add a little bit to those two truths and how that applies to deaf people. Firstly, we should realize that all nations includes deaf people. And second, the church needs to realize that every person can be a witness, and you can tell deaf people about the Lord. Amen? All nations includes deaf people. But sadly, there are many deaf people who oftentimes don't feel welcomed or included within their families and their churches. Nine out of ten deaf people have parents who can hear and families who can hear, and only 23% of those families will learn to sign with their deaf children. They may be Christians, but if they don't know a sign, what happens to that deaf child? They, felt, they feel left out, and they miss out on the message of the gospel. That can be true in the church as well. Sadly, for many deaf people, I've heard stories no matter where I am in the world. These people feel like this within the church. And the reason is that many times those churches don't communicate with deaf people. They don't use sign language. So maybe this child has been faithfully taken to church every Sunday for 18 years, but they've felt left out, they've felt marginalized. And that's why many deaf people don't truly know Jesus for themselves. So when Jesus gave the Great Commission, that picture was not his vision. It wasn't meant to be a negative experience. When Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, Jesus envisioned that within the church we would have diversity where everyone felt welcomed and embraced and included. 
And that includes deaf people. Amen? In Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, we get a picture of heaven. Apostle John wrote that he saw in heaven a great multitude from every nation, every tribe, and every language. God loves diversity. We will have diversity in heaven. That's Jesus' heart. That's his passion. He wishes to have a diverse church as well. Do you know how many countries there are in the world today? 195. And deaf people live in each of those countries. And there are 17,400 unique people groups around the world. And deaf people live in each of those people groups as well. So when Jesus shared the Great Commission, as, just, as Pastor Joel has already shared, when Jesus said, make disciples of all nations, the Greek word for nations is ethnos. And that relates to our word for, for ethnic groups. When Jesus said, make disciples of all nations, he wasn't talking about countries. He was talking about people groups. Can you imagine 17,400 people groups there in heaven worshiping the lamb, worshiping Jesus? I was teaching a group of kids about deaf culture and about deaf people and about sign language. And I decided to ask them a question. And I said, can you name countries around the world? And they started throwing out answers. Brazil, Germany, Kenya. And I said, did you know that deaf people live in each of those countries? Then one boy eagerly raised his hand. And I said, oh, what, what do you have? Do you have a country where deaf people would live? And he said, Texas. <laughs> and I'm like, well, OK, deaf people live there too. Deaf people live in every state and in every country and in every ethnos. Do you know how many languages we have around the world today? 7,100. Can you imagine? In each of those languages, there's about 375 sign languages worldwide. Who created all of those languages, whether they're written, spoken, or signed? God did. God is a creative God. And he wants to see diversity within the church. And his heart and his passion is to see diversity in the church, both on earth as well as in heaven, so that all nations can be there. And that includes deaf people. Amen? The second truth is that every believer can be a witness. You can share Jesus with deaf people. It doesn't matter if you know sign or not. There's a story in the New Testament about a, hearing, a group of hearing people who shared Jesus with a deaf man. If you look at the book of Mark, chapter 7, verse 31, we see that Jesus was traveling through the region of the Decapolis. While he was there, in 32, we see the phrase that said, there were some people... Those were people who could hear, who brought him, the deaf man, to Jesus. 
So these were hearing people who are witnesses for Jesus with this deaf man, making sure that he met Jesus. We need to do the same thing. We have the same passion, and we can do this. Last week, I was in Southern California, and people here tell me that Southern California is a completely different state compared to Northern California. You all agree with that? Is that true? Amen? <laughs> but I was in Southern California last week for finishing the task, FTT, which was a global leaders summit led by Rick Warren, the recently retired pastor of Saddleback Church and also the author of a popular book, The Purpose Driven Life. Rick led that conference, and he shared that worldwide, the population is now approaching 8 billion people. And out of those 8 billion, 2.6% are Christians. That means that one Christian for every three people within a group of three people. So if every Christian were to share Jesus with two other people who don't yet know him, the Great Commission would be completed. Wow. The unfortunate reality is that it's not the same ratio for deaf people. As I shared earlier in this presentation, 49 out of every 50 deaf people don't know Jesus. So that means that for every deaf Christian, they would have to share the gospel with 49 other deaf people to fulfill the Great Commission. We can't do this alone. Now, of course, we need deaf people to reach out to other deaf people. We have work to do, but we need you as well. We need people who can hear. Deaf and hearing people working together. I want to give you two very simple ways that you can be a witness and share the gospel with deaf people. The first one is to communicate. I want to teach you that sign. Let's do this together, okay? Hands up. Communicate. You may already know some deaf people, or maybe you will meet some. They could be in your neighborhood, your workplace, your school. When you meet them, please don't be shy. Be assertive. Come meet them. Find ways to communicate. Remember, as deaf people, we're used to having to figure out ways of communicating with people who can hear. We're used to creatively doing that. It could be that we write notes back and forth. Maybe we text. Maybe we email. Pastor Joel and I have texted and emailed back and forth. Maybe you used the little bit of sign that you may know. You might be surprised that you know more sign than you realize. Maybe you could try using gestures. Can we try that right now? Watch me and see if you know and understand what I'm saying. Ready? about this one you're doing pretty well I had a deaf friend who went to a fast food restaurant and he gestured this to the cashier the cashier ran to the back room and brought out 
a Braille menu. <laughs> Braille's for blind people, just so you know. <laughs> it took a little while. Some people are thinking that one through a little bit. <laughs> I forgive you, though. <laughs> but please find ways to communicate. Another thing that you can do is I would encourage you, if you have a phone, download the Deaf Missions video app. You can use it on your iPhone, Android, and you can also use it on your TV if you have an Apple TV or Roku, something of that nature. But download it and have it ready. We at Deaf Missions have a variety of video resources. We have daily devotions, sermons, children's videos, films. We have the complete Bible in American Sign Language available on that app. So when you happen to meet a deaf person, please share the resources that you have with them so that they can learn the gospel. You can help deaf people to understand who God is, that he values hearing people and he equally values deaf people as well. Amen? So the first point is to communicate. Secondly, you can serve. Let's do that sign together. Serve. If you hit the person in front of you, you were doing it the wrong way. <laughs> we praise God that we have deaf people in this church already involved, and you have wonderful interpreters here. And they know about opportunities that might be available in your community to reach people locally here in the valley. So please meet the deaf people here and the interpreters and ask, how can you serve with them here? At Deaf Missions, we have opportunities for you as well to be a part of serving. We are so very excited about a new project that's currently in production. We will be making a full-length feature film entitled Jesus. And it will be done in American Sign Language. And we plan to film that next spring. And we need volunteers to come and help us with this project behind the scenes in a variety of capacities. If you're interested in getting an idea of what this film will look like, we have a brief pilot of one scene, seven, eight minutes in length. You can watch it online at that link that was up there on the screen, deafmissions.com slash Jesus. If you're interested in being a part of helping with this full-length feature film next spring and summer, please meet me at the Welcome Center after this service. I would love to talk with you and get you a part of what we're doing. This is an opportunity for you to serve and be a part of what we believe will be one of the greatest evangelistic and discipleship tools to ever be developed to reach deaf people with the gospel. So please communicate and serve. I love Jesus. I love Pastor Joel. And I love all of you. I love my home church and I love my parents. My home church and my parents and my family, they were all hearing people who loved Jesus as well. And they didn't let communication and language barriers stand in the way of them sharing Jesus with me. They found ways to communicate and to serve. 
And for that, I can't thank them enough for caring for me and for making sure that I was able to receive the gospel message. So please, work with us to share the gospel of Jesus with deaf people. Join us. Amen. Thank you, my brother. This is a great moment for us as a church family to stretch us, to help us grow, to help us understand, to think about things in a different way, new ways that we can participate in participating in the Great Commission, obeying the commands of Jesus Christ to go out into all the world and to reach people with the love and the grace, the message of hope in Jesus. It's an exciting time to be a part of the church family. Truth number three, and that we are responsible to pray for, support, and send missionaries into all the world. Chad, our missionary, and I, we've communicated through a lot of different ways. We've used Zoom with an interpreter. We've used email. We've used texting. We've had very clear communication. He's a brilliant man. I'm thankful to be a part of the body of Christ with him. I'm thankful that we're using the tools that are available so that we can know each other and get to know each other more. And we can partner together to serve Jesus and to reach more people for Jesus Christ. And when we think about what is the work of the ministry that is taking place at Big Valley Grace Community Church, we want to share that. We want you to know the ministry that's taking place. It's part of the reason why we have the monthly recap videos. Because in the monthly recap videos, we show you here's the ministry that's taking place on each of the campuses. Here's the ministry that's taking place in partnership with our local reach partners. Here's the ministry that's taking place with our global reach partners. Here's the short-term missions trips that are happening. We want you to know, and we want you to be excited, and we want you to engage and celebrate that as we are supporting the gospel ministry, it's having an impact in all these different ways. It's exactly what our gospel ministry budget is for. The gospel ministry budget supports the work of the Great Commission through our campuses, through our local reach partners, through our global reach partners, and sending people from our church on short-term missions all over the world. It's an exciting time to be a part of the church family. My wife and I are very thankful to be a part of this church family. My wife and I are very thankful to financially contribute to support the gospel ministry at Big Valley Grace Community Church. We're excited to do it. We do it with joy. It's why when we come and we bring our gifts, we call that the moment of joy because we are excited to be a part of the worship of Jesus Christ in bringing our gifts to Jesus. And that's who my wife and I bring our gifts to. When we bring financial gifts we bring it to Jesus. We bring it through the ministry of the church. But we do it in worship to Jesus Christ. And we're excited to support the ministry that's happening on our campuses, with our local and our global reach partners, sending people from our church all over the world. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13 and 14, it says, Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings? In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. 
It brings my wife and I a lot of joy to know that when we bring worship gifts to Jesus Christ through the ministry of Big Valley Grace Community Church, that we are supporting missionaries who are able to dedicate their full-time focus on the task at hand, on reaching people in the people group that they're focusing on. That's exciting to be a part of, to know that we are helping to support somebody who is full-time focused on sharing the gospel. And we're getting to do that here at the church campuses, in our local partners, and with our global partners. It's exciting to be a part of the church. We want to increase our support for the gospel ministry. We don't want to decrease our support. We want to increase it. And my wife and I take that serious. And we continue to pray and ask God for the opportunity how we as a family can contribute more and increase our gift to Jesus through the ministry of Big Valley Grace Community Church to support all these ministries. It's exciting to be a part of the church. And my family's excited to participate. We, would, we want to invite you into that. We want to invite you into the exciting thing that it is to support the gospel work. Big Valley Grace Community Church might be your church home, but you have yet to contribute in this way. And I want to invite you into it. It may be the first time that you bring a gift to Jesus through the ministry of Big Valley Grace Community Church. I want to welcome you to do that. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to become consistent, to consistently support the work of the gospel by bringing gifts to Jesus in a consistent and faithful way. And maybe that's, maybe that's the next step for you to take. It could be that it's time for you and your family to really learn how to give sacrificially and maybe that's an opportunity that God has for you right in front of you right now to really learn how can you sacrifice as a family to support the gospel ministry. It's exciting to be a part of the church family. I'm so thankful to be a part of Big Valley Grace Community Church. I'm so thankful that we have partners with missionaries. I'm so thankful to be a partner with you, Chad, with Deaf Missions. And that we can work together to reach more people for Jesus Christ. You know, this weekend is a great opportunity for all of us to be stretched and to grow. And to really see what is the next place that God has for us to really take a step forward in the partnership of the gospel ministry. It's exciting to be a part of the church. It's exciting to think about what God is going to continue to do through this local body, which we are all a part of. How is God going to use us? And I want you to know this. I want you to be obedient to Jesus. That's what matters. As you seek Jesus and you talk to Jesus about what it is that Jesus wants for you, I want you to be obedient to Jesus. And if you're being obedient to Jesus, I want you to know I'm going to celebrate that. I'm celebrating that with you in your obedience to Jesus. And I want you to want that for me too. That I'll be obedient to Jesus. That my wife and I will be obedient to Jesus. That we'll be obedient to Jesus as a family. And as we're obedient to Jesus as a family, now we want you to celebrate that. If we can all encourage one another in that right there, let's focus on being obedient to Jesus. We're all going to end up in the right spot together because we're being led by the way that the Lord wants to lead us. It's exciting to be a part of the church. Chad, thank you so much for being with us today.
Can we appreciate Chad being with us today? That's incredible. Absolutely. And I'm going to have Chad come and pray to close our gathering. But before I do that, i got to say thank you to Sarah and to Emily and all the translators who have been helping us all weekend. This has been really great. Let's appreciate them. So, Chad, why don't you pray to close our gathering? Sure. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we rejoice in you, and we thank you for the opportunity and freedom we have to gather here and worship you and honor you and show you our love. Thank you for your son, Jesus, and for the great commission that you've very clearly given to us to go and preach and make disciples of all nations, and that includes deaf people. I pray that as we go this week, you would keep us sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading and for opportunities we may have with different people we may encounter. And I pray that we would take those opportunities to share the gospel and to um, fulfill your great commission call. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for your forgiveness of our sins. Thank you for trusting us to be a part of that great commission work that you want us, you want to use us to go and share your eternal life salvation message. Thank you, and we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.